Thank you for listening to Maker Elevate. This episode was recorded through Zoom and therefore the audio may be slightly affected. You've heard the term, you you can't be all things to all people. And that's true. Time is literally money. And you need to make sure that you maximize your time as much as possible because you can't afford to lose any money. So it's about maximizing our time by speaking to the right people. Think about that and how we approach it. And then it's going to have a better chance of resonating and actually addressing the need or problem that the, the customer has. I think if you don't relate to your customers or find something to relate to them with, um, I just don't think you can sell to them. End of story. You're listening to the Maker Elevate chat series. I'm Kate, your host, an award-winning brand designer, helping small businesses to elevate their business into a brand. Joining me today is Joni Nyland, from Beachfield Consultants, specializing in lead generation and revenue pipeline and sales for B2B businesses. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Maker Elevate chat series, where we dive into the importance of being relatable and the benefits of finding your people. Today we have an incredible guest joining us, Jolie Nyland, who founded Beachfield Consultants, a sales and marketing support company that helps B2B businesses in their lead generation and revenue pipeline and sales. Not only that, but Jolie is a former professional basketball player. That's right. I got paid to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such an interesting fact about you, Jolie, and I'm so happy to have you in our conversation today. Thank you so much. I'm sure you've heard the term, you, you can't be all things to all people. And that's true. When we create a piece of content or a piece of advertising or even our packaging design, the audience has to be at the forefront of the campaign. It has to be at the forefront of how we think about that and how we approach it. And then it's going to have a better chance of resonating and actually addressing the need or problem that the, the customer has. And you can't tailor a message to an audience that you have assumptions on or worse, know nothing about. So the more specific you can be about your audience and build up that picture of your ideal client, that's a real key pillar to a strong marketing and brand strategy. So if you think about that on the, the flip side of you know, how you're influenced by brands and think about accounts you follow, brands you follow, brands that you buy from, why do you follow them? And why do you buy from them? How do they resonate with you? And what's happening there is that there's an alignment of values. There's an alignment of aspirations. Maybe the product or service creates that wonderful aspirational life that you aspire to, or it's serving a need. And as small businesses, we have, you know, not as much resources in order to, to spend every day on marketing. So it's about maximizing our time by speaking to the right people. I couldn't agree more, Kate, because as you know, for those of us in business, and I think anyone watching this or listening to this, time is literally money. And you need to make sure that you maximize your time as much as possible because you can't afford to lose any money. So I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And I suppose to summarize maybe the three top benefits of knowing your people. Um, and this is what this is what we're focusing in on on this conversation is that when you know who you're speaking to, you're you know that you're speaking to an audience that is interested in you, your brand, your product or service. You can understand their needs better, which means you can help them 
and create those stronger leads. And then, as we said, you're maximizing your time and you're, you're using the, the low resource that you have in your business to dedicate towards marketing. You know that you're speaking to, to the right people and therefore saving time. Yeah. And it's so important to use and maximize that because how much time would it be spend you to speak to the wrong person? And all of a sudden you could probably equate that to how much money you're probably missing out on. So it's, it's exactly. just so key to find the right person. It's more expensive to <laughs> speak to everyone exactly. than the more, than the more exactly. specific audience. I see that a lot with maybe smaller businesses starting out and they just, they're keen to sell and they're excited and that's great, but it is important to, to focus in on even spending that 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes a week to focus in on who they are. And speaking of the right people, Jolie, this is where you you shine. You are an expert in, in helping people to identify and target the right type of person with these key messages at the right moment in time. Can you tell us about the importance of being relevant and finding the right people across all businesses? Oh, I couldn't, I just couldn't agree more. And I think, and thank you again for having me on today, Kate. I think when people hear the word sales or, you know, you're in sales, I think they immediately begin to just recoil. And like, I've seen it so many times and I'm here to tell you guys to literally stop doing that. Stop doing that. Sales and the act of selling uh, is everywhere. It's literally everywhere. It's who we all are. And it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Each and every day, um, each and every one of us is trying to sell something every day, whether it's an idea, whether it's a product, whether it's a service. And when you realize that and you kind of go, I am in sales of some sort and you lean into it, I think it actually helps you become more relatable when we go searching for someone to sell to. So once you lean into that kind of thought process, instead of recoiling, you can kind of start to begin the relationship building with your customers and new customers. You know, I think if you don't relate to your customers or find something to relate to them with, I just don't think you can sell to them. End of story. I just think unless you have some kind of pivotal product that somebody cannot live without, and I can't even name you one because <laughs> I don't feel like there is any product that somebody just, you don't need to sell it at all. Like, and I even think, you know, I have to ask, I have to say this out loud because you think about, oh, well, what about Starbucks? They don't spend any money on marketing. I'm like, or do they? They might not spend traditional money on marketing, but they still give a story and they still find a relatability. And what was that relatability? Names on cups that were misspelled and people thought it was hilarious. So if you can't find that relationship with the customer, that relatability, I just don't think you can sell. End of story. I think that's a fascinating point that you're making that we need that overlap in order to resonate. And you're right. Even when I hear sales, it's like, oh, no, no, I can't. <laughs> you know? And it, we are, whether we like it or not, when we're in business, we have to be that sales person. Yeah. And we, we wear many caps in our businesses. But um, it's uh, certainly when we talk about that overlap, you're kind of finding that common ground. Would you agree that when you're more relatable to our customers, the better we can resonate with them? Absolutely, because you kind of have to find the why. So there's a really great and informative TED talk given by a guy named Simon Sinek. And I'll just apologize if I've said his name wrong now. <laughs> if Simon is watching, thank you for your lovely TED talk, but also I'm sorry. But it's called Start With Why. And in this talk, he explains that people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it. 
So when we communicate from the inside out, as opposed to the outside in, you know, I, I love making money. I want to make money. But yet, if I just communicate that, that's the outside. It's the end goal is for someone to buy a product for me or a service. If I go, I want you to buy this there. And you're kind of going, uh, nobody's going to buy for me. But when you when I change that communication and when I relate to the customer of who I want to sell something to, whether it be a service, a product, whatever, I'm talking directly to that part of their brain that controls their behavior. So if I can relate to them and tell them why I'm doing something because we share the same values or because I have something that's going to ease your pain, I think that's why that's where it changes the dynamic and that becomes, that makes you more relatable. Of course, I'm completely condensing and butchering this amazing talk and sales theory. Um, so you can look it up on YouTube. And again, if Simon is watching, I will totally apologize, but I really buy into that theory, pun intended. Essentially like why you're selling whatever it is you're selling that's how you relate to your customers. And that's how you relate to an audience member. And when you, the more you can relate, the more that is a, the starting point, your starting point with finding new customers, as well as establishing the, the trust with your existing ones, that's the starting point for resonating with your audience. You know, being relatable helps you communicate the why, I think. And if you're not relatable and you don't find common ground with your audience members, I just don't think that you can, you can sell. I, I just think that stops your journey of selling. Them. It's such a powerful video and yeah. I'm sure we've all seen it. I actually use this exercise when I'm doing more brand foundation work with my clients because what I find is that when we understand our why, more passion can come out. You know, as you said, it's easy to think, oh, I do this for money, but actually there was a reason there is a reason. And if you spend time on it, it might be more obvious to some people than, than others. But if you spend time on it, you will discover a reason as to why you do what you do. I mean, some people go into business with a very emotional story behind them. And that's great. For the majority of businesses setting up, they might not have that powerful emotional story behind them. So it's important to discover what your story is so that you can be more relatable as a brand. And I think I you make a good point too, Kate, because I think a lot of businesses trip themselves up thinking they might have gone to a conference somewhere for new businesses, or they might have gone to a workshop and they've heard somebody's almost sob slash success CEO boss babe story, yeah. you know, and you kind of think, I'm I'm not that. I don't have any of that. Do I need to go get one of those? I need to go get yeah. a story like that. I don't have that kind of thing. And that's that's okay. Yeah. It's about recognizing and just taking a few minutes, whether it's 10 minutes a day, whether it's 20 minutes a week, even whether it's an allotted hour a month, there could be time that's found that just just to quickly explore your why, you know, and sometimes your why is I want to make money. You know, and sometimes the why is I want to make money and I want to be autonomous and I want to have flexibility. That's actually one of my stories. That's one of my backstories is that I didn't get time off um, to go see my, to go bring my son into school. And I, it was unrealistic, the time that was expected of me to show my face for optics. And I just went, okay. And I said, I'm going to run my own business. I kind of started off with a crazy why, but that actually ended up resonating with a lot of other people as I was continuing my journey and starting establishing my business. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit about how we can kind of go about keeping the business going, but, and finding audience, but that's one of the biggest things is you have to find, I think also people get worried because like, as you could tell from my accent, I'm American. 
And I believe Irish people have this wonderful storytelling quality. It's, it's world famous, you know, and I'd love to be able to be that witty and that elaborate with the details because to really find that connection. But I had to lean into the fact that I don't have that, but I did lean into what I do know I have because I've spent time kind of going, okay, I know that I'm confident and I'm outgoing and I know this is what I value and this is what I believe and this is what I want to do. So I'm going to start doing the things in line with that. And that mm-hmm. just took me, I literally took 20 minutes out of a week. I found yeah. 20 minutes to sit down and do that. So when you find your why, mm-hmm. you are starting your journey of becoming relatable to your customers. And I think relatability drives sales. End of. I think people buy from somebody that they have a connection. It's with. not that, you know, sometimes it's different now and times have changed. And it's really important to understand that relatability hasn't changed in sales. And I think at the end of the day, you have to be relatable in order to sell, you know, and I think good storytelling helps that. I think also understanding your own why, but then also starting to learn about your audience's why as well. And when when you can relate as a brand, it drives loyalty with your customers. And I know we were speaking earlier about being trustworthy and building up that you know, you can, as you said, you can list one of your values as trustworthy, but how do you, how do you, you know, you see, you can't just read trustworthy, you have to prove it. And Mm -hmm. we prove it with consistency and we prove it with showing up for your audience, showing that you understand them and showing that you can be relatable to Mm -hmm. them and that they can understand something within your brand. And that's in that way, we can better infiltrate our customers and understand their problems and needs better. You have to know your your audience has to know that they can actually trust you. And you can only do that with actions. And yeah. by actions, I mean, like, I don't mean like going to someone's house and telling them how trustworthy you are. It's, you know, it's through your online marketing strategies, through your brand strategy. It's how do you relate to someone on social media? What do you do in certain instances on your newsletter? How do you relate to people in networking? That's all part of the, the journey, you know, and that's all part of the relatability of how you relate, uh, how you sell yourself, your why of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, consistency is something that has come up quite a bit on, on the talk series. And I do, you know, I can feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but it's it's so important to be consistent both visually and what in what you say and your actions so that an audience can know what to expect from your brand and then can build up those layers of trust. Um, I think that's the most important thing is the expectation because you, can say, you yeah. can say the word this, you, the words, the values that you want to convey, but it's, it's being able, once your audience can one, see that, the, that those are the words that you're establishing with your brand, you know, trustworthy or reliability, uh, relatability. But then once you show and you tell, and you show them that they can expect this and you deliver on it that really does start the fabulous, fabulous journey of establishing with your audience. And that helps you grow into a new audience as well. Absolutely. I suppose, Jolie, you're an expert in, in finding these audiences. <laughs> if, if, like someone is, so. <laughs> if, if someone is starting up a business or maybe is in business a while, how would you recommend they go about finding their people, maybe from a practical level. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Actually, I'm really glad you asked that because I think it's important first, before we, we kind of go sprouting off maybe a big list of things that people can do that's tangible bits, you know, because I think at the end of the day, anyone listening to this or watching this wants the tangible bits. But yeah. so if we establish kind of any, our, our listeners or people that own a business and to 
two different categories. One would be what you call your startup. It's your 18 months or less kind of running of the business. So you're still kind of new to it. You're learning the ropes. Um, when you are a startup, you know, I think the thing is to, to understand is that your nurture has to be from your inner circle. Your relationship building has to start from your inner circle. It's your inner circle of your family, your friends, your inner circle professionally, perhaps. And how you go about that, because that can be really hard when you're starting a, a new business as well, especially because I'm sure your brain is, is like our brains are kind of just wired to going, oh, my God, what about online? What about Google ads? What about I got to do this? And you're like, no, no, stop. Take a breath. It's, it's exciting yeah. and you want to enjoy it. So you want to build the foundation. So the first thing I'd say is that you need to start off with your friends, your family and your inner circle your professional inner circle. It's about talking to them about your product, about your services, about your business, you know, to help. They will end up supporting you, you know, if they're good family, your friends, definitely your family that, <laughs> you know, sometimes it can be hit or miss, but then um, you want to create. And then the second point is to create and build your network. So using government supports, whether it's your local enterprise office, whether it's a local business group, whether it's a networking group, whether it's the, the chamber of commerce, you know, um, you really want to tap into those types of things to build your network. And it could be, I remember me starting off in the first year of trading. I'm like, I met some of the randomest people ever, but would you believe I kept their business cards and I, my, I called on a couple of them that, I, that really made a connection with me. So I was going, I never would have thought I would need a photographer three years down the line when I need professional help. Oh my gosh, I never thought I would know somebody who does videography that is needed now. So, so it's about building in your network. Then you want to make sure that you dive head first. You need to dive head first into understanding your business. And this isn't just something, I'm not telling this to people to say like, you have to spend hours on it and it can be overwhelming. It really can. And that's why people like yourself, Kate, are so great because you guys can kind of hold the hands and help guide people through this, but you really do need to dive headfirst into understanding your business. You need to do your SWOT analysis, your strengths, your weaknesses, your uh, threats, and your opportunities, you know? So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and your customer personas. These are easily found online through templates and stuff. I'm not saying take hours. I'm saying just take 10 minutes for one of them. Literally take 10 minutes for one of them and, and just dive into it and see what kind of thing. And then go old school on yourself. Get your pen and paper and literally write out the type of customer that you would love to have. What is your ideal customer? Write them all. And I think how many times, Kate, have we heard clients go, everyone? And you're like, I, you can't write everyone. How is a five-year-old in Galway your target customer? But maybe they are. Maybe that is the target customer. And maybe their parents are your target customer. Maybe their grandparents. You know, so it's, it's all about putting it down on paper. And I think a final one as well is too, is if there's any mentorship available, for you. I think that's a really important thing in the first year and a half of business soul training, because it can be very helpful. It can be very lonely as well, starting a business if you don't have those supports. So I think those are some tangible ways that people can just start. Not all of them at one go, <laughs> just yeah. do a couple, plan a couple for maybe even this week, you know? Certainly when you start a business, it can be overwhelming as to, you know, who is your target audience and you're kind of, you're taking on, I suppose, any business you can initially and then it's about funneling and being a little bit more specific about who that ideal customer is and that comes with actually spending time on it and those are really good practical 
tips you know about nurturing your inner circle and and starting from the center and working out because that is how startups initially find their business for more established businesses who may have more tools at hand or a little bit more confidence as you said a little bit more resources at their hand how would you go about maybe using some more tools to help find your people as a more established business yeah, and I think it's really clear. It's good to say, like, when you're an established business, you're kind of thinking past the 18-month, two-year really mark important to of start being in training, from- the business point of view with the government supports, I think, um, whether it's your local enterprise office, your local uh, business, in Ireland, business in Ireland. I know we're in Ireland now, so I don't know if anyone else is... Who else is listening? But whatever your your kind of your government support or your local networking support is, really tap into those that are existing. Then you can look into the terms of the platforms. You know, technology is amazing. Even though mm-hmm. sometimes in sales we say like, you know, it's sales 101, you know, and I'm from the old school of sales, but yet there's a lot of stuff. There's new technologies that can be overwhelming, but it's really fun to merge old school sales techniques with all these new modern technologies. And you have the likes of like HubSpot, SurveyMonkey, uh, newsletters, MailChimp, uh, Salesforce even. And there's a lot of content management systems that are created. And really, it's just about finding one that works for your business. They could be overwhelming. I would also like to advise people, like if you're hearing me talk about the HubSpots and stuff, I don't work for HubSpots um, and I know that they cost money, but maybe just use a trial just to see how they work. Because sometimes some people like to go old school and just use good old fashioned Microsoft Office tools. And that's okay too, you know? It's also really important to, to have yourself an established lead generation kind of program or maybe software or some way that you capture new leads because- Otherwise, how are you growing the business? You know, um, you want to be able to know what to how to nurture them. The ones that you already have already established. So the ones that have been buying from you for the last two plus years, you want to make sure that your relationship with them is solid and you want to take, make sure you take care of them. You don't want them just to buy some from you, even if you have a product and just say, see you later, and then ring them up when you want them to buy something. You have to make sure that you're really encouraging them along and nurturing them. There's also a lot of audience segmentation tools and that's probably for another video another time because there's a lot out there and it can be quite overwhelming to discuss them and stuff like that. Good old fashioned market research as well. Surveying your your existing customers. I I mean, you just can't, that's old school stuff that you're going, got to use it. You can use it to your advantage, you know? And then finally, there is specific ways of marketing. And I know, I think we'll touch on this now is that I specialize in account-based marketing. And it's a really good way of, of designer, so to speak, marketing for very specific audience members that you found. Mm. I mean, that's if, if you know exactly who you're targeting, that is a, a, certainly a luxury. And it must be, you know, when you're in that position of, you know, exactly who you're targeting, that's the fun part of coming up. Well, how do we actually target these people? We call it designer account-based marketing. And it's a really designer way. And it's a high-end way of reaching out to the exact, very specific target audience person. And this is when businesses that have been running for a bit can utilize this type of marketing tool where you know that you want to talk to, I'm going to give an example of a, a chief technology officer, a CTO. You know that that CTO is the person you want to speak to. But where are these CTOs? And it's about finding those types of people and finding that audience person and then slamming that door, kicking that door open as hard as you can and setting yourself apart. So when you're trying to sell on to an audience member, when you're more established business and you want to use something like account-based marketing, it's a really great way to set yourself apart from Mm -hmm. the other people that are trying to sell 
as well to those same person. So it's a really interesting way and it can be really fun and it's really engaging. It's very detailed as well and it's highly detailed and it takes a lot of the the kind of the traditions of marketing and market research and audience segmentation and all the kind of stuff that you would have been doing for a while. And it takes that and it really hones it in and is really specific. And it's about kind of reaching that person and making that connection saying, hey, I see you. I know a lot about you. I'd love to chat to you. And that it's a great way to grow business as well. I mean, I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's let let's give all like uh, give all our marketing and everything up to Jolie. That would so be great. Sort of campaigns. It's it's as specific as giving them a gift that they open mm-hmm. up in a colorful envelope that the secretary can't kind of just pass on. Um, yeah. It's a bright colorful envelope. It's a it could be a book with a a piece kind of a bookmark in there saying, I thought you'd really like this chapter on such and such because you are who you are. It's a really great way to connect with with an audience member, an established kind of audience member that you want to keep selling on to. So it's it's a kind of probably a high-end way (laughs) to take that to the next, the very next level. So it's, it's something I think a lot of businesses that are listening to this, maybe they're not in that space yet and that's okay, but it could be something that they aspire to. To, I I guess to summarize the two audiences. So the, the startup level, it's about nurturing your, your inner circle. And I suppose building up that, that wider, those wider people. uh, And then I suppose funneling from there. And the the more established businesses, then it's about, as you said, nurturing those existing customers in the center, because that's where all that information is. That's where the testimonials are, the insights. And that's how you build out and find, maybe you find, okay, well, customer A is more what we're looking for. And then you target, I suppose, more of customer A. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. Because when you're starting off, you have to respect the starting off process. There's going to be things that you have to go through as a business. There's going to be the pains and the the joys and the, you know, when you get all all this kind of stuff that you have to go through in order to get to the next step. And that's just the way it is. And it's good. It's fun. It's when you look back on it now, of course, when you're in the thick of it, you're like, oh my God, what have I done? But when you look back on it and when I look back on my time starting off, I'm kind of going, I've come so far and this is where it's progressed. And it's true. Like when you're starting off, you really need to nurture that inner circle. The professional, mm-hmm. the friends, the family, the inner professional circle, because those are the ones that will help you grow out because they have to be the one to provide the supports. And then you can get, you know, the government supports, the local enterprise offices, the business networks, those types of things. And as it grows out, then it's, it's once you're established and you're kind of going, yes, I can, I have this now and now I can grow this to this. So it's about growing customer A, you know, now, once you get become, start to be trading and you kind of get into it. You have customer A, B, and C, and you're like, I need to grow B, and I can grow them this way because you already have that data. That data is just so important, you know? And to reiterate the benefits of having that specific audience to communicate with, to resonate with, when you know who they are, you get to speak directly to them. You get to understand what their needs are to resonate better, mm-hmm. um, which leads to stronger leads. And as a small business is then you're maximizing your time because whether you're established business or a startup, you can still be a definition of a small business within that. And it's about maximizing that time because if you can, if you know that you're speaking to the right people, you're saving a lot of time and money as we talked about a lot of resources so that you can continue growing your business. And to bring that all together, the more, you know, 
about your audience, the more you can relate to them, which establishes trust, it builds new relationships and promotes growth for your business. Um, so a huge thank you so much, uh, Jolie, for, for joining us today and telling us all about the <laughs> benefits of finding your people and those practical tips um, about, you know, narrowing down how we can actually uh, be more specific to, to an audience. So thank you so much. Thank you. I had a great time. If you are enjoying these episodes, please follow and subscribe. Don't forget to share these episodes with someone who you think might also benefit from them.